Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, well, uh, you'll be pleased to know, Nia, that I've already had two mugs of coffee, so I'm in really good form th- uh, this morning. <laughs> oh, goody for me. Um, I, can, okay, so can we start this episode by saying, again, we are talking around the topic of abortion, but we are not discussing abortion itself. Yes. That is something that we yes. leave to the listeners to make their own decisions about. That is a personal decision and a personal moral choice, uh, yeah. choice of your own. Yeah. And we're not we're not trying to talk about that. But what we are trying to talk about today is the use of zoning ordinances to try to restrict abortion access. That's correct. Yes. So, and um, in case anybody's wondering, Bristol, Virginia, we're looking directly at you. We're not even giving you side eye. We've actually turned our heads and we're staring at you straight on because that's where this that's where locally this issue is coming up. But I suspect it's coming up in other places. Yeah, it will come up in other places. So, uh, so can you give us a background on on how? Yeah, so. Uh, uh, listeners, what Nia is referring to is, uh, at the time of our recording, uh, Bristol, Virginia, which is located in far southwest Virginia. Which, by the way, is sister city with Bristol, Tennessee. And yes. while that doesn't sound like it's going to be important, it's going to be important later in the story. So yeah. okay, make so, a mental note. Yeah. Uh, Bristol, Virginia is located in a county in uh, Virginia. Uh, and the name of the county is Washington County. Okay, and as Neil pointed out, the city of Bristol actually <laughs> crosses state boundaries. So you have a Bristol, Tennessee, and a Bristol, Virginia. In Bristol, Tennessee, last year, um, a so-called trigger law went into effect, and the trigger law has nothing to do with guns. The law became triggered or operational after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Dobbs versus Jackson that the precedent, its precedents in Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey were overturned. And the way the Tennessee state law worked is that if those precedents were overturned by the court, then immediately in the state of Tennessee, okay, a woman's right to choose would be eliminated. So Bristol, Tennessee had an abortion clinic. So when the Tennessee trigger law went into effect, the abortion clinic moved from the Tennessee side of Bristol to the Virginia side. Right, they they changed buildings, they moved buildings. Yeah, they moved buildings, right? Late in the fall, well, it was late October, last year, 2022, the uh, Bristol, Virginia City Council began the process of enacting a zoning ordinance, which would in effect ban any and all abortion clinics from operating in the city. And this is what got- Now, 
uh, I, sorry, a brief side note in Virginia, a woman's right to choose is still preserved. That's correct. Yes. So it is not, there was no trigger law in Virginia. That's correct. And yeah. the, the right to choose has not been eliminated That's the way correct. it has in Tennessee. Hence the, we will pick up stakes and move a hundred feet that way and be in Virginia. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Right. So it is legal in Virginia to have an abortion. Yes. But when me and I saw a series of uh, articles, uh, news articles about what Bristol, Virginia was considering in regards to the local zoning ordinance, this is when me and I got interested because it touches upon a broader issue which is local and state governments using zoning uh, ordinances. So this would be local governments using zoning ordinances as a way to restrict and or in effect, eliminate businesses, practices, operations that they don't want within their jurisdictions, right? Yeah, and basically how this episode came about was I asked Augie, the question, which, okay, first of all, I used a four-letter word. <laughs> I said, I said, this doesn't seem fair. <laughs> and Augie's like, ah, fair, the four-letter word, the word of, of the U.S. Constitution. Yes. And, and then I said, not only does it not seem fair, but it, it's, I don't like, how do they even do this? And he goes, oh, there's a whole lot about zoning laws. Like, you need to understand what what cities are empowered to do and not empowered to do. So now he's going to answer those questions for everybody yeah. because I can't imagine I'm the only person who has this question, which is one, is it legal to do what they're doing? And I sp suspect that question you're going to say is murky. Yeah. And, and two, what are, what gives them the right to control the okay. space in their in their jurisdiction. jurisdiction okay so let's look at that latter question first right okay so basically what bristol virginia was considering is what's known in the u.s constitution as a taking okay because they're basically taking property Okay, and they are um, uh, using it for, if you will, a public purpose. So what we're talking about here is the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution reads in part, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Eminent domain. Yes, this, right? is, known, this is known as the power of eminent domain, okay, um, where... Um, Which there is some controversy about. Oh, there is significant controversy. And by the way, <laughs> listeners. Because they, because the founders used a phrase so vague without just compensation, compensation. Yeah. which you can't see me putting quotes around that, but I'm putting quotes around those two words. What is just? What is compensation? Like, there are three operable, if you will, concepts in that one clause, Nia. Okay. First of all, when does the government actually take a property? Do they have to like physically take the property or can they issue regulations that make it nearly impossible for you 
to enjoy the property the way you intended when you purchased or rented it. Ah. Okay, so so they don't have it. to necessarily take possession of it. No, but you, they could. Just where your it. house is, Augie, is turns out to be a, a dangerous spot of whatever. So we're gonna have to tear down your house, and you can't actually build a house on that property. And you're like, but that's my property, and they're like, yep, but or we're not it, taking your property. We're just saying you can't build on it, or you can't extend your pro you know you can't build further on your property you can keep your house Augie, right but if you want to go ahead and put that you know you know monstrosity of a huge deck on the back well if you tear down that tree that tree is actually the home of an endangered species so you can't do that but you still got your property Augie. but we're telling you how to use it use it that's right okay the, the second part is for public use and this gets really oh, hence the tree is part of a the tree holds an endangered species owl, and yeah. that is in the public interest that that owl be protected. That's right. More okay. than your personal interest in building a humongous deck. Yes, and then the third operable part is just compensation, which, as you pointed out, gets really controversial. Yeah, because them just telling you you can't do it, they don't have to give you money to not build your deck. Or the courts have historically deferred to whom to determine the just compensation. I'm assuming the market? No, the government. Oh. <laughs> it's in my best interest to tell you that your property is worth a dollar. Here you go. Okay. Oh, that <laughs> seems unfair. The guy who's paying you gets to decide how much he's paying you. So, you know, but you can extend the takings clause into a broader political theory conflict. And the conflict is this, right? On one hand, our constitution is supposed to protect individual liberties. On the other hand, the government has the authority to do things on behalf of the collective, i.e. the public use, okay? so. Zoning ordinances fall within local government's power to restrict land usage for the collective benefit. And this is known as or part of the state police power, right? Okay. The power to regulate private behavior for public health and safety. Okay. And by the way, public health and safety has been defined by the courts to include morals. Oh, pu like public drunkenness and, you know, or, you know, and things like that, you know, you know, you know, for instance, you know, laws that prescribe sexual behavior, right? Okay. You know, prostitution is bad. Okay. It's ah, not, you know, so we've zoned out prostitution here. You can't do it here. Or, you know, you know, clubs that allow new dancing, right? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go back to the specific question, all right? Can Bristol, Virginia, and more specifically, the Washington County, okay, pass a zoning ordinance 
that would effectively prohibit what Virginia state law explicitly allows, women having the right to choose. And as of this recording, last night, they did that very thing. Yeah, Washington County, okay, in I think a five to two vote, followed the recommendation of their uh, zoning board um, and uh, um, said that there will be no abortion clinics not only in Bristol, Virginia, but the entire Washington County, okay? The entire Washington County, right? Now, now my question for you is how soon before there is a lawsuit? I suspect uh, probably within a month, maybe two. So a lawsuit could come from two different directions, right? Because a lawsuit could come from Virginia, from the Attorney General of Virginia saying, you don't have the power to effectively ban a thing that is legal in the state of Virginia or the Commonwealth of Virginia. Or it could come from an individual saying, you are depriving me of my personal liberty, my 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 constitutional, sorry, my constitutional liberty. Yeah, my state constitutional liberty. Okay, because remember. Right, because it's not federal. Yeah, because in Dobbs versus Jackson, the U.S. Supreme Court said uh, there is no federal there's no right in the u.s constitution okay for uh uh, women being able to choose right they send it back to the states that's right all right now the the big well there's a third party you could file a lawsuit and that would be that would be the abortion clinic oh okay okay because the clinic could go ahead and argue okay we are providing a service that is protected by virginia law Okay, but through your zoning ordinance, you're making it impossible for us to provide that service slash right to Virginia women in this jurisdiction. All right. Okay. Now, you mentioned the Virginia Attorney and General. Briefly, those are the three who would have standing. Lots of people yes. could sue about this. Sure. I could yes. sue about this, but I don't have standing because I don't live there, and I'm. It's not a business. It, it's not. You can, you uh, it is not my business injury. that's being harmed. Yeah, you right. cannot show injury, right? Right. And, yet, and that's the the first question in determining your ability to stand in front of a court and say, "Here, my lawsuit." Right, but right. a woman of that county could could do an, abor- that. an abortion clinic could. Or you mentioned the Virginia Attorney General. And this was where, you know, this is one of the political intervening variables because the current, okay, uh, Attorney General in the Commonwealth of Virginia is Jason Maharis. And Jason Maharis, okay, is uh, um, uh, anti-choice. Right. He might not intervene. He might not intervene. But. He might be forced to intervene because you can't have counties and cities going rogue and making and making decisions that affect people's constitutional right. Like, because yes, this is this comes to those that question that we talk about sometimes of when you like it, it's okay with you, and when you don't like it, it's not okay with you. He he might not want to intervene because he actually likes the outcome of this. But in a longer, greater sense, the outcome of of counties just deciding that they're going to change zoning laws to outlaw all kinds of stuff 
Well, the difficulty is an, is an open. I mean, that opens a big barrel that he's got to deal with. But he's not the one who's opened that barrel, Nia. His predecessor, Mark Herring, did it when Mark Herring refused to enforce the Virginia prohibition on same-sex marriages. Right. So exactly. Jason, so it like so it Jason, goes either way. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, Jay, so Jason Moharis could go ahead and say, uh, I'm, Herring I'm, did it. I'm following the precedent of my of my predecessor, and I'm not going to enforce a law that I believe is wrong, which is what Herring said, right? right? So now you have a political, okay, intervening variable in all of this. Now, in regards, so on one hand, Virginia gives local governments broad authority to issue zoning ordinances. And in fact, in what year was it, Nia? I got it here in my lecture notes. Oh, 2011. Local governments in Virginia may enact trap ordinances. Trap, and again, listeners, you know we love a good acronym on this uh, podcast. Trap stands for targeted zoning ordinances for abortion providers, okay? So on one hand, Virginia in the past decade enshrined into law a woman's right to choose. But there is a law that was passed earlier in 2011 that says local governments can use zoning ordinances to make it extremely difficult for abortion clinics to operate, okay? This would be a case, Nia, where that law could be challenged because many abortion clinics argue that traps are not enacted for public health or safety, which is the typical, if you will, justification for zoning ordinances, right? right. Okay, we don't want to put a big shopping center near, near a school because all that traffic around all those kids seems to be inherently dangerous. <laughs> A right? disaster, a disaster okay. waiting to happen. Correct. Okay. You know. Right. Yeah. And we do the, and, and zoning laws in a lot of ways, sorry, we, we may sound negative about zoning laws in this particular instance, in, in this particular case, but what we're talking about are zoning laws that are designed to protect a population. Right. Yeah. Most of the time, the zoning law, like you said, it, it's not that it's not that cities are anti-mall. They are pro-children. That's the different right. Like it's a different outlook. How do we make sure that we protect children from lots and lots of traffic? Well, let's not put a thing that causes lots and lots of traffic next to a school because yeah, zoning, we're going to end up with a dangerous situation there. Zoning ordinances listeners are the classic example of govern government trying to balance competing interests. Right. Because on one hand, okay, a local community is, want, is going to want to increase its tax base. So they're going to want, okay, businesses to move into that community, create jobs, and have those workers and those businesses, you know, pay taxes, right? Right. On the other hand, you also have other, if you will, public goods that need to be provided. So you might have schools, 
you might want people to be able to go to their church, right? You want people to go ahead and buy homes and feel safe and comfortable in their neighborhoods. So how do you balance commercial versus residential versus educational versus religious? Okay, et cetera, right. et cetera. And you try to do that with zoning laws. Yes, that's right. For instance, Augie's house, right? Yes. There's Augie's house. Augie's house is a ranch style one-story house. Yes. If the if the neighborhood changed the zoning and allowed around him in 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 the two lots on either side for people to build 20-story apartment <laughs> complexes and block out the sun to his property right that's that change in zoning alters his the worth of his property it, it alters the his his lifestyle augie likes to sit outside and drink his coffee in the morning right yeah. like and he can't do that anymore because now there's no more sunshine or i'm in a residential in an area that's zoned residential but what if they went ahead and allowed the owners of two of the adjacent lots to tear down houses and have a casino built? <laughs> right now, I have the not noise and the lights and the people all the time. Right. Yeah. We're seeing that that was what we saw with the casino debate was not in my backyard. Like, yes. don't put that next to my house. And I have nothing against casinos or people gambling. You know, hey, if that's the way you want to go ahead and relax and unwind, okay, feel free. But, you know, I picked this neighborhood in part because it's a quiet working class neighborhood, right? right. And, you know- And you want every, to be able to ride a bike with your kid yeah, without that's right. danger and, and of being run over by yeah, a lot and, of traffic. That's right. I mean, and last night, for instance, you know, when I got home from work, Okay, within like 15 minutes, I saw five of my neighbors walking their dogs and or their kids. Okay, and I got to be honest, since it was, you know, at, at night, I did couldn't tell in some cases, you know, which ones were the dogs and which ones <laughs> were the kids, but that's neither here nor there, right? Okay. That's but, a long day. <laughs> okay, but that's, zoning, again, reflects that classic, if you will, you know, or we're going to build public housing, but we're going to build it way out and not have any transportation to it. Yes. It prevents something like that where the public housing is a great idea, right? Low-income housing is a great idea. However, we know that lots of low-income housing folks need to use public transportation. And if they can't do it, then what you've done is create a useless place for them to live because now they have to try to figure out how to get yeah. into the city into their work or you know yeah and historically nia um state and federal courts have typically shown quite a bit of deference to local governments in particular in regards to their zoning ordinances right so local governments for instance will use local zoning ordinances to keep porn shops and theaters and adult clubs away from schools and churches. Side right? note, a Hollywood Hustler just opened across from the Children's Science Museum. I saw that. On Broad Street in Richmond. Yes, right? Richmond never changed, man. <laughs> right? You're just you, aren't you? Okay. It's like some cities clearly don't have these ordinances, right? Like, Or don't yet yeah. have these have ordinances. Those ordinances. That's right. 
um, you know, keeping a commercial business's parking lot away from a residential area, right? Because if you have a lot of cars trying to get into a business's parking lot, that might cause a problem in a residential area with a lot of kids. Well, and you have pollution, you have other yeah. things. Okay. Um, I What I'm always intrigued by are cities where they say you have to look quaint. Yes. If you're going to be our downtown, <laughs> like they'll have, you know, your business has to look a certain way. Yes. Because we're trying to create a a feel of a certain city. I don't know if anybody's ever been on the train going through Ashland, but Ashland yes. looks very, yeah. I don't want to say old timey. That's not what I'm trying to get at, but it is a quaint villagey looking. There is no Walmart in downtown Ashland and there never will be because <laughs> yeah. it's built as a, as an, it's a physically attractive downtown and they've tried to keep it that way. They've tried to make it very. And some um, of the, in some of the more noteworthy debates about zoning, okay, follow the example you just gave about Walmart. Communities pushing back against big box stores moving into their communities, right? Because that would hurt the, you know, if you will, the overall aesthetic of the community. Um, you know, hurts box. the mom and pops. Yeah, it hurts the mom and pops. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry, it, mom and pop stores, meaning stores that are owned locally really, and have relatively businesses. small yeah, employee small numbers and that That's sort right. of thing. Okay. Um, and then you got environmental concerns, right? I mean, you know, one of the criticisms of zoning in the 1950s and 60s in the United States is, <laughs> okay, there was these, you know, creation of low density residential areas. Okay, where, you know, your property had to be, you know, nearly a quarter of an acre, and it had to be set back from roads, and it had to be in these suburbs. Well, okay, that's great, okay, if you want the postcard American dream, okay, of, you know, hey, I get to own my first house in this great small suburban community. But it but causes urban sprawl. Yeah, that led to a whole bunch of Americans, okay, working in one community, but then driving home to another, which, you know, leads to, you know, air pollution, a reliance on fossil fuels, okay, et cetera, et cetera. Well, right? and, and unfortunately, also segregation. Yes. Led to, seg I mean, it leads to moral. Yeah. And and ethical quandaries that we don't want to have, yeah. segregating out and and ordinances were used to redline. Ordinances yeah. were used to prevent people from living in certain neighborhoods, um, uh, much to the detriment of the neighborhoods and of folks. Right? It's we now know, looking back on that, that's a terrible idea. It's a terrible yeah. idea to redline because what you need in any community is a mix. You need a mix yeah. of folks with backgrounds, with different financial abilities, because then you have different tax levels, right? It's if you have all the rich people in one spot and all the poor people in another spot, all the poor people's stuff is not as and it can it be is, is not as is not as financially can, sound. And it can be aspirational. You know, you move into right. a community with a mix and you see somebody doing well and they're investing into their home and their property. Okay, you might want to do the same. 
you want residential areas that are close to commercial areas um, because you want people to go, you know, and, you know, not always cook every single meal, take right. their kids, you know, to do fun and exciting stuff. But if you got to drive 20 minutes to do it, you now have an excuse to go ahead and say to your kids, sorry, we're staying home and I'm cooking you yet again. Okay. Uh, salmon patties. Right. <laughs> I hope you enjoy that. Right. Okay. I will never eat this ever. Um, <laughs> but so, but are, so, so how does it, how do we get a zoning ordinance? I mean, okay. it looks like last night there was just a vote. Is that okay? Is so, it, in most states, the there are uh, either in the state constitution or state laws um, specifically give local governments the authority to um, uh, uh, create and issue zoning ordinances. Okay, and in, in most local governments, usually end up creating. Okay, a kind of sort of subcommittee of their local government structure. It's called a zoning board, right? Gotcha. And okay. that's part that's a subcommittee of stuff like a city council or a yeah. Okay, or okay. Uh, uh, or in the case of uh, Washington County, okay, um, it's a unit of the county government, right? Okay. And are they elected? Uh, in some cases, they're elected. In other cases, they're appointed. And, and again, that's another controversy, right? Yeah, no kidding, because okay. appoint me and then I'm going to raise the town to the ground and okay. do start over or whatever. Okay. okay, on the other hand, if you have elections, you could have people elected to the zoning board who know nothing about zoning, right? Right. I mean, and that's the issue with school boards, okay? In some communities, <laughs> school boards are appointed positions, right? Okay, and you hope that, you know, those who are getting appointed are quote unquote experts. But in other cases, they're like, they make really significant decisions affecting people and their children. So they should be representative of the people and their children. So let's have elections. But that doesn't guarantee that people are going to get elected to school boards, okay, that like schools, like kids, they <laughs> are even remotely interested in- In education. <laughs> yeah, right. right, okay. <laughs> Okay, so, so you do run the risk with a zoning board that it could be really good, but it also could be really, really bad. Bad, right? Okay. And the in the way it usually happens is zoning boards take the first cut, okay, at the overall ordinance plan for the community, but also specifically changes to the zoning ordinance. And they'll take a vote and it's not binding but it's a recommendation, right? Okay. And you, saw, and you saw this knee in Washington County. The zoning board first took a vote and the vote on the zoning board was four to two in favor of the ordinance change that would ban abortion clinics in the county, right? Okay. Now, could the county board of supervisors voted differently than the zoning board? Yes. And the government structure that has the authority is the County Board of Supervisors in Washington County. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, but as you pointed out, okay, that's not the end of the issue. If I had to venture a guess, Nia, what we're going to see is either the clinic in Bristol, okay, 
or an interest group representing a woman or women in Washington County filing a suit in Virginia State Court asking for the court to declare this new zoning ordinance, okay, in violation of state law. Yes. Could the could the clinic ask for a, a what they call a grandfather in? Uh, yes. Could the clinic say, okay, going forward, there can't be any more, but mm -hmm. we were here before you made this ordinance and yes, we right. deserve, because doesn't, doesn't that happen with some businesses sometimes or some zoning sometimes is they'll say, this is going to be residential. And there's a tiny little store there that's like, uh, my store has been here since 18 and I don't want to move. I yeah. want a I want a clause that allows me to stay. Is yeah, is that a is that a potential? Do you think in this case? Yeah, they uh, they could go ahead and argue that. And uh, listeners, what Nia is referring to is a grandfather clause, um, basically saying that for a period of time in a community's zoning ordinance this property could be used a certain way. And yes, there's been a recent change, but we made decisions based on the previous version of the zoning ordinance. So therefore we so should- So let's, we should let's say that you're in the fan in Richmond and sorry for listeners who don't live in Richmond, the fan is just a district in, um, in Richmond and there's a restaurant and the, the 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 district decides that it's only going to be purely residential that restaurant could ask for a grandfather or a legacy clause to say we want to stay in business because we've always been here people know our location they come here to eat right we have a large clientele and so long as that business is open then they that get to stay that piece but of property if, can be used for, you know, a commercial purpose. But if they closed that restaurant, they couldn't sell it as a restaurant because at that point, yes, it would then become, it would have to revert to residential because. That is correct. Yes. Okay. So yeah. your, your, your grant, your legacy clause only works so long as that business is open or that person is alive or that whatever whatever the extenuating circumstances because otherwise you'd have exceptions all over the zone yes and what they're eventually trying to do is get the zone to be consistent yes okay yeah. so now, that restaurant goes under then they say oh well you have to sell the property to a real estate developer who's going to develop it into a residential property that's correct now okay. the other thing that could happen and by the way, I don't think the abortion clinic in Bristol, Virginia will be successful. The clinic could go ahead and ask for a variance. They could go ahead and say, okay, I know that this area of, you know, Bristol, Virginia uh, does not allow these types of businesses, but we would like an exception, a variance. Now they could ask for it, 
<laughs> but but the entire point of this was to be rid of them. Yes. Okay. One yeah. of the one of the people who voted in this said that they do not want to be a what did they say? They don't want to enable abortion tourism. Yes. Which I thought was a rather um uh, odd way to look at the concept of abortion. I don't know that tourism is anything that I would use to tie to that, but I can understand from the city's point of view, they don't they don't want this. They don't want an abortion clinic in in the city or in the county. Well, I mean, in in, in for listeners who don't know the geography of Bristol, Virginia. Bristol, Virginia is closer to the state capitals in Tennessee and Kentucky than it is to the state capital of Virginia. Right. And, and what is blue in Virginia, it is not in southwest Virginia. Virginia. There, there is no blue there. It is all red. It is all very conservative, very... In um, in, in Tennessee had an abortion trigger law, which we previously discussed. Right. I don't know if Kentucky does, but Kentucky has attempted to pass laws to restrict abortion. So very conservative. So what I think some of the town council members, and for that matter, county board of supervisors in Washington County were concerned about is you would have women from the states of Kentucky and Tennessee coming to Bristol to have Bristol, okay, gotcha. okay, to have abortions. Thus the you know title tourism abortion tourism. I see. Okay. Um so um uh, and, and again, I mean we can the, go ahead. Uh, the other way that you could portray that is to say women in Tennessee and Kentucky being denied medical care can get it in Virginia. That's right. Yep. Right. Yep. That's what the other side would the say. other side of that debate would say is yes, and they have is said that, that. Yes, is they that have what, said what that. We're, that's great. We're championing health care and reproductive care for women everywhere. Right? That's right. So uh, I don't imagine this discussion is over. <laughs> no. Oh no no no. But no, no. what yeah. I'm what I'm curious about is what are the advantages versus the disadvantages of zoning in this in this way like do you think that it keeps towns consistent or um okay so the classic defense of zoning is that when zoning is done properly nia it allows communities, cities, towns um, to grow in a sustainable manner for future generations, all right? Um, Because you make conscious choices as to where people are gonna live, people are gonna work, okay? Where transportation hubs, you know, like airports are gonna be, okay? You can go ahead and manage the environmental costs of growing as a community, right? That's the idea, right? Public health and safety, okay? There, you know, to give you an example, there wasn't a lot of zoning, okay, in New York City, okay, (laughs) 
in the 17, 1800s, and for that matter, well into the 1900s, right? So you had, you know, people like living on top of one another, and you had poor health conditions, poor water quality, et cetera, et cetera. And any time a virus broke out, it would just basically wipe out an entire, you know, apartment complex simply because poor zoning, right? right? Okay. Okay, you're, you're not managing this, right? So zoning really does reflect NIA, you know, that enlightenment era of thinking that we as human beings have the mental faculties to, you know, manage our environment. And to organize ourselves. In yeah, some, organize ourselves. In, in, in some good for everybody system. way. Yes. So it's very much about the collective. But of course, there are disadvantages to zoning, right? Because when civil you, liberty. Okay, you had civil liberties. Okay, what do you mean? I can't do with my property what I want, <laughs> right? Why the heck am I a property owner if it's not? Okay, if I can't control my property. Okay, um, you separate people and major life functions geographically, right? We got people who live in this part. They go to work someplace else. They shop someplace else, right? Although modern city planners are doing a lot of mixed use. Sure they are. Right? You live above, and then there's retail in the bottom yes. two or three floors. And yes. right, they're trying to do better about not That's right. separating those as Integrated much. walkable neighborhoods with less rigid zoning ordinances, okay? And by the way, listeners, me and I haven't talked about one of the biggest criticisms of zoning, which is the housing crisis that exists throughout the United States. Okay, um, you know, again, oh, can can, go, can we go, just talk about low density housing? Like yes. that's a problem in the United States. We don't have enough. We don't have enough affordable housing in decent places to live, yeah. right? Because yes. you want a combination. Yes. Because we have a huge number of zoning laws that are single residence zoning. That's so right. a house is built for a family. And that could be, you know, three or four or eight people, but it's but it's not 40 Enough. people and it's not multiple families and it's not you know, the that property kind of lots have had to be a had to be of a certain size, okay? And you saw the rise of this this idea of low density residential zoning regulations after World War II into the 1950s into the 1960s, right? And it's created a huge housing crisis throughout the country, right? Right. And it cuts across socioeconomic status. So, Nia, your comments just a few moments ago, okay, is, you know, if you're a poor person in many urban areas, good luck finding decent housing to even rent, let alone purchase, just to rent, okay, because there's such high demand, the cost for rents, or if you want to buy, okay, or, you know, uh, uh, you know just beyond your, beyond what any working, okay, working class 
you know, lower middle class can even afford, let alone yeah. poor people. I think the word you're looking for is astronomical. Yeah, right. It, it, some of the prices in some cities, I mean, Richmond's pretty pricey, yes. but we are nothing compared to trying to live in New York in City, New York City, Francisco, LA, San Francisco, San Francisco, Dallas, Austin, all of those places are expensive. And we can't even get into London and Singapore. But yeah. I mean, because that's a whole yeah. separate. Well, Singapore doesn't have any space. That's part of their problem. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean that those. Um, but you know, Nia, those laws I'm, that have suggested that we only have single family housing instead of multiple family housing. And this is one of those rare areas of policy debate where you have both liberals and conservatives, okay, who agree that these low density residential zoning regulations are just terrible. Oh, can I guess why? So yeah, on ahead. the dem on the sorry, on the on the liberal. left side, on the yes. liberal side, you know, bet more housing, better housing for people of all socioeconomic um statuses and density promotes getting to know people and getting to be neighborly and that sort of thing. On the on the right side or the conservative side, it's a commercial question. I can, I, if I have, if you allow me to have a four family home, right, where four families can rent in a, in a building, then I get four times the income that I would get from that same size building with one family renting or twice the income at least. Like it's four a money more. thing. Let's four. have, if we have density, but we have good density, then we can also, also those people can work in the neighborhood or work close. So it, it encourages workers, it encourages employment. Like I can see where, ah, that's, a, that's, that's cool. I mean, I can see where it would be a bipartisan. Oh, sure. Okay. Thing. But again, zoning is done at the local level, right? So you're not well, and you have a lot of what I mentioned before of not in my backyard. Oh my goodness, yeah. It's really great if you want to zone that like two neighborhoods over. Yes. But I don't want it in my in my neighborhood. I want my neighborhood to be the 1950s idyllic, you know, Disney movie. Um be no, actually uh Leave it to Beaver, right? The yes, sort leave of, it to Beaver. Yeah, I yeah. want that kind of neighborhood, and like that neighborhood never existed. No. But it is interesting. So, what's the bottom line? Well, um, well, I mean, the bottom line Are, is: should we do away with all zoning laws? No, 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 no. Wild and, West. No, no more zoning laws. Build whatever you want, wherever you want. No, I mean. Come on, um, Augie, go for it. Just say it. Just say it. No, and, and, and you know <laughs> that, and, and listeners, you probably figured this out over the years that we've been recording. You know, I'm not always a huge advocate of government being the answer to every problem in society. But we need to make some changes to zoning, but we need to keep zoning, right? Augie okay. and I once again fall into the medium government category. <laughs> yes, right. Okay. We want neither big government nor no government. We want medium government. Yeah, we want medium government, right? And in and in part, it's because there are co 
collective concerns that zoning can address and address well, right? I mean, again, I am an individualist. Everybody who knows me knows, okay? Um, I'm always very skeptical of any large group that wants me to be a member, right? Okay. <laughs> All right? But the collective has concerns, right? And, you know, I can be, I can go ahead and say this without being critical of this type of business. I want my daughter to be able to go to a school where there is no porn shop across the street. Okay. You just don't want to have to answer those questions. Well, there is that, but I mean... <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that 10-year-olds, you know, should be perusing, okay, you know, pornographic literature after school, right? Now, in fairness to those shops, they do not allow minors in the shop. That's true. Okay. They will They will say to your 10-year-old, get out of here, what you doing? Yes, okay. Actually, but, they'll probably say, where's your parent? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but again, there are collective concerns. You know, I right. want communities to grow. Okay, but I want them to grow responsibly, right? You know, if you're going to go ahead and build a whole bunch of housing, okay, it's going to require water lines to be, you know, laid, okay, electrical grid and conduits, okay, to be, you know, to uh, to be uh, laid. Right, okay. and infrastructure is not cheap. Infrastructure. Somebody has to pay for that to start with. And you're going to need the tax base to continue to maintain it. In that, that's right. Okay. So, I mean, and again, we're seeing this with communities that were built in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Now their pipes, okay, need to be replaced. Their electrical lines and grid, okay. Are falling uh, apart. Fall, falling apart. And we might want to go ahead and put them underground instead of above <laughs> ground, right? Turns out we can learn. Yeah, we can learn. Okay. We have environmental concerns, okay? So zoning is needed. But at the same time, I'm also aware that the courts, both state and federal, tend to, to defer to local governments in regards to what is a public use, right? And what is a taking and what is just compensation. And I'm a little concerned that whether you're talking about Bristol, Virginia, okay, or, or some other city, that can get draconian really, really quickly. fast, right? Right. Okay, and uh, and, and that and that concerns me. Can I tell you my concern? What's that? about this particular incident? What's that? Is one, it is legal in Virginia to have an abortion. Sure, it is. Yep. So denying people the right to do that. I feel like that's their strongest argument against being forced out. Um, but also, I don't like the idea of any business that's established being told it has to pack up and go because people in the city have decided that now the morals have changed or now their ethics have changed, right? If you have a, a uh, let's use your example of a porn shop in Richmond. If a porn shop was built in Richmond next to a school 
50 years ago and then they change the zoning law i mean that person zoned that business expecting that location like you would need to compensate them fairly if they want to if bristol wants to do this and wants to shut down this clinic then they need to figure out what just and fair compensation is for that and i don't know that there is any because that's future people's physical cool. health I don't, I don't know i don't i don't like that whole i'm gonna switch this once it's in place and not give any kind of legacy clause or you know like if they said and in 30 years you have to shut down that clinic or or, or nia or whatever you know the example that always comes to my mind is um, the Supreme Court case of Kelo versus New London, Connecticut from 2005, where a narrow majority of the Supreme Court said that New London, Connecticut could take Kelo and a few other homes for public use. And then they turned it over to a pharmaceutical company who had promised to go ahead and build a huge campus, okay, um, in New London, Connecticut. Um, and by the way, you know, by all accounts, these private homes were well-maintained. They were not blighted, okay? It wasn't like, you know, these were people who weren't paying their property taxes. They were, okay? These were homes that in some cases were in the family's generations for years, okay? It was an area that had been zoned residential for decades, for decades, right? And the in that community was chasing tax dollars, right? And they wanted to turn it over as part of an economic development plan to another private, if you will, entity, right? Okay. And that's they, wrong. That's wrong at every level. It's wrong on so many levels. And then the pharmaceutical company decided not to go ahead and build the campus. Oh, we've had a financial downturn, and we can't do that. Okay, or you know, we crunched the numbers and this other community was better. Really? I mean, that's what railroads used to do to communities, mm -hmm. okay, in the mid to late 1800s. And it's what some box stores do now. That's right. Okay. You don't give us the tax incentives, you don't give us the property for free. Well, we're gonna go to a different state, a different community. Right. And okay. I would say to them. Okay, box store, don't let the door hit your butt on the way out. Yes. And, you but know, but you know. zoning, but zoning boards are trying to balance tax revenue and income like how do they how do they manage all that? And and to to end on a relatively reasonable note, nobody here is trying to be evil. People here are following their moral and ethical sure. um inner self. Yes. And it's just that this is a really complicated question, right? Yeah. It, th there are plenty of good guys and bad guys in the world, but what everybody here is trying to do is, is do the best that they know how to do. And so I would say to the zoning board, I don't think you got it right. I disagree, but I don't disagree based on the ethical so much as I disagree on that's an established business and you... I don't think you should have the right to come in after and say, yeah, I don't like it. Because yeah, that I mean, seems because... whimsical to me and, and my business interest, if I owned a business, what if it was a bakery and you just decided you're against bread? 
or, or, or uh, you know what I mean? Like that's not. Or you're against bakeries because they tend to go ahead and uh, uh, contribute to Americans' poor diets, and we don't need you know more fat people in our community. Right. Okay. So we're getting rid of bakeries, donut shops, okay, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Right. Again, like, I mean, you're you're basically going ahead and telling a whole bunch of people how dare you want to go ahead and have some baked goods, okay, with your tea and coffee in the morning. Really? Right. You're you're regulating other people's other <laughs> people's mean, ethical and moral behavior. I'm just like okay. and it's a dangerous slope to step on. That's right. Okay. And and again, listeners, Nia and I are usually very skeptical of slippery slope arguments. Okay. <laughs> um, because you know, all you know, all manner of you know predict predicted, you know, evil and bad, okay, usually are at the bottom of slippery slope arguments, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, okay. The sky's falling. Yeah, it might, but it won't be because. You know, somebody went ahead and had two donuts with a cup of coffee, okay, once in the last three months, right? Right. But if you start regulating that stuff with your zoning ordinances, where does it where does it stop? Right. Exactly. We've now that we've taken care of abortion, let's take care of sugary drinks. Let's take care of, you know, all what all manner of things that we find offensive. Yes. You have to be super careful about that. Yes. Um, so anyway, yeah, but, Bristol, we'll check in with you again because we feel certain that there will be lawsuits involved. I, I would be shocked I, if there wasn't. <laughs> I would be surprised if one hasn't already started. <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody talking to a lawyer right now. I think they probably the, the clinic started talking to lawyers. Okay. Oh, late before la- late, late last fall. In, in October, when it started, first came yeah. up with the zoning board. That would yeah. make sense. Get it ready to go because you know it's going to yeah. be a fight. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, Augie. Well, thank you, Nia. And uh, I will talk again soon. Sure will. You've been listening to Civil Discourse. Brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.